Welcome to The Slow Road to Better. In this podcast, you'll hear from members of the Stroke Comeback Center in Vienna, Virginia. The members of this show wanted a way to build a bridge of hope and encouragement for other stroke and brain injury survivors with aphasia. By sharing their personal triumphs and failures, they hope to motivate others to never give up. Let's listen in on the slow road to better. Good morning. It's a special day today on the slow road to better. We have a very special guest, Mr. Mark Moore, who is going to join us. Mark is a very successful businessman. He is an author, motivational speaker, and he is a stroke survivor. So with that, I am going to turn it over to the group. And I think, Randy, you had the first question about aphasia. What was your question? Mark does not have aphasia, according to my own brain. That is correct. I do not have aphasia. Yeah, but he is a stroke survivor like the rest of us. Now, do you think you ever had aphasia? No, I don't think I ever had aphasia. Um, I had difficulty speaking initially, but I never had uh, what they would call aphasia. Because when I read in your book, you also had some difficulty with reading. Am I making that up? Yes, I know. You're not making up correctly. That had more to do with vision. Um, I lost peripheral vision on the left side. Matter of fact, I've lost about 95% of peripheral vision on the left side. Wow. So I'm sitting here right now, and I'm looking straight ahead. Even though I'm not looking at Randy, I know Randy's there, but George really doesn't exist. Wow. And that was the difficulty as I... When, as I woke up out of the coma after four weeks, I remember the therapist put me in front of a computer and, and said, what do, I, what do I like to do on a computer? And I like to read the newspapers on a computer. And they said, well, why don't you read the newspapers on a computer? And I got on the computer and started reading. Um, I'm from New York City. I started reading one of the New York City newspapers. And as I was reading it, and some, some of you guys and some of you listening can appreciate this, I was reading the newspaper, and it made no sense. Uh, and I'm sitting and I'm like, I'm looking at there. I'm like, there's something wrong. I mean, this doesn't make any sense. And she goes, what's wrong? I'm like, the article doesn't make any sense. I keep reading it. And that's when the therapist told me, do me a favor. She goes, I want you to go from the, the end of the one, end of one side of the monitor to the other side of the monitor and then tell me why that makes sense. And I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. Like, what was going on? And she goes, you, you lost peripheral vision on the left side. She goes, so you think you're going to, but you're not, which is why it wasn't making sense. So initially, I, I say that long story because, I first thought maybe it was some form of aphasia, but it's more just division. And that's certainly something that we've talked a lot Mm -hmm. about in here. We did a whole podcast on vision Mm -hmm. and just the impact of it on your reading, driving. You talked about driving. The one thing I will say is that I waited a year and a half before I started driving again because, as you said, it can be difficult getting used to scanning going from left to right. Mm -hmm. And it's it's a mindset, right, because – you know, when, you, when I was 46 at the time, and having spent most of my life utilizing peripheral vision, you know, you just don't all of a sudden one day stop and say, okay, I'm not going to, you know, I'm just going to scan, right? You just don't. Right. And it took, it took a year and a half before I got to a point where scanning became a part of my routine, and I was able to scan left to right. And once you do it, it's fine, and you can drive. But, you know, there's other things I do to compensate when I drive. If I can get in the left-hand lane. I get in the left-hand lane most of the time. 
if I can, right? Um, because what it does is it takes that out of the equation. Um, and while I'm still scanning, at least I know there's nothing to the left. So I would yeah. tell people, if you can, get in the left-hand lane. It certainly helps for sure. Um, now, here's a question. And, you know, you're always allowed to say it's none of your business because we get nosy <laughs> around here. Mm-hmm. Now, from reading your book, I know that your wife's name is Brenda. That's correct. Oh. Now, did Brenda get back in the car with you right after you started driving again, or was she a little nervous? How'd she do? No, she got back in the car with me, um, and, and it's an excellent question, and, and it's all of your business. As <laughs> fact, and, 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 and I will tell you, like anyone, um, when I left rehab on a Friday, I wanted to drive on Saturday, right? Because right? we all know, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it's, oh, it's, trust me. It's become uh-huh. such a part of our lives. It's yep. like... We feel we've lost that sense of independence if we're not driving. And Saturday, I wanted to drive. And I told Brenda, I go, Brent, I'm going to go drive on Saturday. And she looked at me and goes, no, you're not. That's <laughs> <laughs> just amazing. And she goes, no, you're not. And you said, and what do you mean? And that's what no, I said. No, I'm not. I'm like, what do you mean? No, I'm not. I, said, I just went through two months of uh, rehab. I was down in Mount Vernon. I am driving simulator. I'm like, I'm ready. They said, I, I graduated. They said, I'm ready. This physical occupational speech therapy i got this i'm ready and she goes eh, I, I know you completed your rehab she goes but i don't think you're ready to drive yet and i'm you, like really you're not wife approved yet yeah i wasn't i wasn't <laughs> so what we did though um and i think it's very important um that was a saturday sunday we went to the mall um we, we lived down in in rest at the time and it close was i think the fail small we went to um and if you go on Sunday morning at you know seven eight o'clock, no one's there. Right. And what we did was we've all done this when we first start learning how to drive, right? right? You know, drive around you know, the parking got, lot. Down the yeah. parking lot, right? Yeah. <laughs> and drive around the parking lot. And you know what I realized? She was right. I wasn't ready. <laughs> <laughs> but you realized that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I got. My, but you know when you when you're going through, you don't realize that. Oh, trust me. Laugh the stroke. You think hey, I'm fine, right? I could do this. I could drive, right? And and I wasn't. I, as I drove around that parking lot, I realized, yeah, she's right. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. <laughs> and so I waited a year and a half. And um, I ju- we would go on on Sunday mornings, and I would do that, you know, obviously, periodically on Sundays mornings until I got to the point where I felt comfortable enough. And then I started doing little things like my office was 10 minutes from the home. You know, I would drive to the office, taking out the side streets until I got comfortable, until I got that, that scanning part down. And then little by little, then I started progressing um, to the point where yeah. 15 months later, then I started driving. Yep. Me too. One year. One year before yeah. you drove again? Yep. Mm-hmm. One, one, two, three years. I was in a medical-induced coma for four weeks. Wow. Oh, okay. So after, after I had the stroke, which was just before Mother's Day in 2007, the first stroke was the Saturday before Mother's Day. The second stroke was the Monday after Mother's Day. And the second stroke led to some complications, which caused um, bleeding on the brain and had to perform life-saving brain surgery. And because of that surgery, they had to put me in a medical-induced coma for four weeks. So for four weeks, I was in a coma. I don't, I don't remember anything. Um, everyone, I remember, I could remember, I could see people coming in and out of the room, but that was really about the extent of it most of the four and i didn't realize four weeks had went by i remember waking up one morning and um and one of those newscasters on and i heard the reporter say and this weekend will be father's day and i remember sitting in the bed and he's like what did he just say <laughs> can't like, be father's day yeah, exactly i said can't be father's day. Has, has it really been over a month and i waited till my wife showed up at nine o'clock 
And I'm like, what happened? And then she told me, she goes, well, you had a second stroke, led to some complications, that performed life-saving brain surgery, and mm. you've been in a, in a coma for the past four weeks. So, yeah, so four weeks in a coma. Okay. Did you have a question, Chris? Yeah, so does your license have something like a lack of peripheral vision? Yeah. <laughs> no, there's no provision on license. Um, I, and I would tell people, first of all, you know, we need to be responsible as individuals, right? So we, you know, as we always talk about being our own advocates, but we got to be responsible too, right? We have to put our safety first and the safety of others first. So, so there is no provision on my license. Um, and we must take our time to get back to driving. So oh, waiting a year and a half was just four fine. Four and a half years. <laughs> you waited four and a half, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. And that's, you know, and Chris, you should be committed. Now that's, and that's fine. And, you know, people, you know, it's funny. And you probably went through this as well. As I waited a year and a half, I would have friends would ask me, because hey, when are you going to drive? And, you know, they were probably pushing more than I was. And they were concerned that I would never drive again. And I, I'll be honest with you, I wasn't really concerned about that. Because um, I'm like, you know what, whenever it's ready, it'll be ready. And, and it got ready. And, and I, I started driving again. And certainly the other thing I would tell listeners, I didn't take a driving But there are driving classes out there for oh, people yeah. to take Absolutely. if you really feel uncomfortable. I did not because, you know, I, I had a, a wonderful wife that took me out on <laughs> Sunday had, morning. You, right? you had a driving uh, instructor. Her name was Brenda. Okay. <laughs> she, she took me out on Sunday mornings. And, yeah, and we I did that. And then eventually, um, it's funny, at the time, my license did not expire. To, it was probably maybe, I'm going to say, two years um, oh, perfect. later. And then I, I had to go back. And obviously, you got to do all the things again, division tests and you know, and get your license renewed. Uh, but no, there, there's no designation of my license. It looks like gotcha. any other license. Yeah, well, I don't either. And uh, I had a driving test. Mm-hmm. It's a uh, 60 hours driving mm-hmm. I mean, that's a long time. That's a long time. time. That's a long time. And was your name Brenda? No. Name <laughs> <laughs> okay, was Brenda. Uh, but like, I am driving at that's least. Right. There you go. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. And and I tell you, you know, with the loss of peripheral vision, you know, we have to scan and we got to be careful. But even with that, it's still a challenge. Let's be honest. Um, mm-hmm. Because when you're out there, if people do silly things now. If you're not skiing in that particular moment, it's very difficult to catch them, right? Mm-hmm. Now, I've been driving, like I said, I waited 15, 15 months, and, you know, it's been 10 years now. And I've, I've not had any accidents, but I tell yeah. you, exactly. <laughs> but, but I will tell you, I will tell you um, your listeners and everyone here, there have been many times where people have scared the mess out of me. Oh, yeah. Because, yeah. because you know, people don't, people don't pay attention no, they to driving, right? They zip, they the go, crap you know. out of me all the time. No joke. And so there's been, there have been a few times where I'm driving, and if I'm not scanning at that particular moment, someone will jump in front of me, and it scares the bejeebus out of me, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm sitting there driving. I'm like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Where did that come from? Exactly. So I always tell people, it's the, even with that, we must be careful. Yes. I hear uh, your um, stroke is m- mild, moderate. I mean, it's which... You're agreeing with that? Um, well, I, I, I yeah, I'm, I'm not an expert. I go about the doctors. Um, yeah. it, it wasn't moderate though. It was a severe stroke. Um, yeah. I guess it would call um, a hemorrhage. Oh um, yeah. It'd be fifteen percent. Um, and it was two of them. So the first yeah. was on Saturday. The second was that Monday, and the second stroke. Um, I developed a blood deficiency, and blood clots were forming, which is causing Ooh. the stroke. And the blood clot had went to the brain, and it 
and it infiltrated the vertebral artery in the brain and caused the artery to dissect. The brain, if we go back to when we was in school, the brain sits in a perfect sac, and there's no room for anything else. Yeah. So when that, when that artery dissects and releases blood into the sac, the cavity where the brain sits, it puts pressure <coughs> on the brain, and it squeezes the brain, and it certainly could cause um, death, um, uh, brain damage. So actually, yeah, it, it was severe. Wow. When, what they told my wife was that your husband's in grave danger, yeah. and they were not sure I was going to make it, and even if I did make it, they weren't sure the quality of life I would have going forward. Um, and I tell people, I, I sit here today, you know, fully recovered. and, and Yeah. You, know, first you are remarkable. Well, you know, first and yeah. first, first foremost, I, I, I give on and, and, and praise to our, to our Lord and Savior. Yeah. Um, and another thing I would tell you, it's a lot of work. Um, and I, I, and yeah. I tell people, you know, while I say, whatever your faith is, turn to your faith, I turn to my faith. And I would tell people, turn to your faith, whatever it is, because it helps. You don't have to go through this alone. Mm-hmm. But having said that, I also want to tell people, I didn't just sit around and pray, right? It was a lot of hard work. It is a lot of hard it's work. It's a lot of hard work. <laughs> question. And, uh, and I tell people. Why? I Why? Oh, yeah. Why? Oh, God. It's, it's incredibly hard work. I was very fortunate. I was I was went through rehabilitation as an inpatient for two weeks, so literally I was in a hospital and they were working in rehab every day. Yeah. And after I left the hospital after two weeks, then I went for rehab for two months, and it was three days a week, yeah. four hours a day. I was going down to the rehab facility doing rehab. I did an hour, another hour of rehab when I got home, and those four days I wasn't at the rehab facility when I was at home. Those four days, I did rehab those four days when I was at home. So I don't want anyone, I don't want listeners thinking that, hey, Mark was able to recover because... So can I. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, 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 well right. first of all, they can. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. But I don't want them thinking that I recovered because I was in rehab for two months. Uh, well, I was, but but I want people to realize those three days when I was in the rehab, when I did four hours a day, when I came home, I stood it another hour. And the four days I was in the rehab, I did rehab at home. It's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. And I want people to realize but. But I will say it's worth it. It's well worth it because I could not have possibly envisioned being sitting at this point today, right, fully recovered, yeah. driving. You know, I, this morning before I came here, I exercised like I do every other day, got on my treadmill and ran. Uh, I do a 5K. Um, what? Know, oh, yeah. You know, nice. It, I tell you. I you know, know you do, too. This <laughs> is, and this is, speaks to the how if you work hard, you know, and then, and, you know, again, if it's God's will, a lot of things can happen. Um, one week shy of the anniversary date, I ran a 5K in downtown D.C. in 36 minutes. Wow. Uh, we got to realize, you know, this was in May of 2008. In September of 2007, I was still using a walker, right? Yeah. I was going, I had a walker, and I went from, I went from a wheelchair to a walker to a cane. But yet, in May, I uh, went through a lot of hard work. And a lot of support from a lot of people. That's awesome. Hey, Randy, I know who we're calling for our uh, comeback trail the next time the five. <laughs> yeah, we have somebody yeah. else for our team. Randy's our coach. It's the best best five k ever. Have you hit your ten year anniversary mark? Yes. yes. Just just in, just over May. right. That's right. May. Um, so looking back on that uh, slow road to better, what would you say were? Maybe the major speed bumps. Is there anything that you can look back in 10 years and go, man, I didn't realize what a problem that was going to be? I would say probably the one that I didn't realize what a problem would be was 
regain the use of this left hand, um, you know, I didn't realize what a problem that was going to be and how mm-hmm. difficult challenge that was. Mm-hmm. When yeah. I was in rehab, and I'll be honest with you, um, you know, it, they told me, and I'm like, there were times I'm like, yeah, I'm, not, I'm never going to regain the use of the left hand. Right? I'm like, it's just not going to happen. But you certainly can, and it took a lot of work. You cannot give up um, because, um, one, and there's a lot of things that I've learned here, along here. the way. That's our, that is our, like, our uh, battle yeah. cry around here, isn't it's it? One of don't the last give up. things I always write. Don't give up. We never give up. Never, never give up. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things I, I tell folks as I was, and part of each, we get discouraged, right? When you're trying to use your left, you know, you get discouraged, right? When you're trying to pick up that glass of water and you can and you're spilling and it's dripping and all that kind of, and it's like, look, this is just too hard, right? You, you, get, you get discouraged and you're like, look, I'm just going to do the easy thing. I'm going to use this right hand, right? And I would tell you, don't do it keep using the left and one of the things that i've done over the years i learned as i went through this process to, to, to answer your question because um, i would get discouraged when i would have a glass of water in the left hand and it would shake and it would spill and all that. so what i started doing was i would only fill my glass of halfway so uh, it still shakes but the difference is it's not spilling <laughs> and, and what it does is it, the real benefit was it didn't discourage me, and I continue to use that left hand to the point now where I'm using the left, right? You know, I'll sit and I'll eat dinner. You know, I, I use the right, left. I, I'll do everything, right? You know, and, and those are the things. Prior to my show, I used to be able to throw a football with my left. You know, I'm right-handed, but I would go in the backyard with my son, and I would throw the football to the right, and I would throw it with my left. And I thought to myself, man, I'm never going to be able to throw this football with the left again. Well, you know, I can throw the football to the left again. <laughs> now. It's not very hard, <laughs> but I could throw it with a laugh, and and those are things at the time I never thought I would ever get back to that point again. So, so those are things that I was to answer your question. It was a little bit more difficult than I thought, um, um, but but you can get there for sure. Um, my speaking, um, frustrating. Mm-hmm. What do you say about frustration? If frustration is a huge issue on a lot of fronts. Um, very similar discussion we just had about trying to utilize the left. We need to slow it down, um, and that's the one benefit that I found. The fact of the matter is we had a stroke, right? A stroke is an attack on the brain, right? So let's, let's not kid ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. Um, someone asked me a few weeks ago, they asked the question, they go, Mark, did you suffer brain damage? <laughs> and my answer was, yes, I did. No, well, you don't look like it. And I'm like, well, I don't, I don't care what I look like. I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm You're not going to see it inside. <laughs> I suffered brain damage. I go, I had a stroke. It's attacking the brain. Brain cells have been damaged. But here's the wonderful thing about it is that um, the brain can rewire itself. So some of the very things that we used to do before, we could do today. We just have to do it a little bit slower. And a little bit differently. And a little bit differently. That's right, Randy. Very good. Um, And I I tell people, I can do pretty much everything I did before. What I would tell you that I can notice, it's a nanosecond slower. And, and I believe that's mm-hmm. because the brain is rewiring itself to get to the same answer. It's just getting there a different way. Yep. And I would say the same thing applies to everything we do in life. You know, even when it comes to, Jerry, I think when it comes to, to speaking, I would say slow it down. Um, and when it comes to my driving, I slow it down. When it comes to everything, I'm just trying to slow it down, and, and I can do those things. And even when we talk about utilizing the left hand, if I try to do it at the same speed I used to do, I can't do it. We can tell the difference. Most people can't, but we can tell the difference. And I would yeah. say when I went back to work, the same thing, finally, I went back to work after three and a half months. I was sitting back behind my desk, 
Now I'm an accountant, and you know my job is numbers and seeing numbers. Um, and when I got back, you know I, I was curious. I had my own business. I go, man, will it all come back to me? And actually, it did. And, but the different. I just had to slow it down. And you don't process as quickly as you did mm-hmm. before, but you yeah. certainly can still process. And the brain, again, you know, at least in my case, um, you know, God did allow me to continue to process. It just. And I think that came out in your book, too. You pretty much tried to go back to work full-time right off the bat. Mm-hmm. And I think um, people on uh, Team Mark were like, eh, yeah, yeah. that doesn't sound like a great idea. <laughs> yeah. Why don't you try part-time? Did you go back part-time first? I did go back part-time. That, that, that's um, um, funny. I, 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 in the book, you're right. When <laughs> that was a question I was going to ask you. Did you actually, when you went back to work, did you start feeling tired after, like, four hours? Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Um, well, again, once again, I, I had a, as, as she been, I had a wonderful support team. Because the fact that matters, we all know when we graduate, well, at least when I graduated that Friday from Mount Vernon Rehab, I thought, sure, man, I was ready to go back to work on Monday full time. And I remember as I was leaving Mount Vernon on that Friday, um, my occupational therapist asked the question, "Goes, what are you going to do Monday?" I'm like, "Well, I'm going to work." And the occupational therapist goes, I don't think that's a good idea. <laughs> us naysayers, yeah. us therapists. So no. I was like, I'm like, okay, well, I'm a little confused. Because <laughs> I go, I'm graduating, right? She goes, yeah. I'm like, okay, well, if I'm gradua- graduating, what exactly am I supposed to do on Monday? Right. And she goes, well, most people just go home and continue to rest, rest. and try to get better. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I got I hate, but I I don't get that. Um, you're like, did you just not spend weeks with me? Yeah. Right. I, I, I like am I'm better. Go home like, and rest. I was here for two months. <laughs> I'm like, I need to go back to work on Monday. And the uh, occupational therapist did not agree with me. No, you know, I'm not an argumentative person, but but I am I am an assertive person. <laughs> <laughs> and so you so went I, to work. I, go, I said, yeah, I went to work. I said, I, I disagree with you. I, again, having because of my corporate background, I go. Why don't we talk to your boss? And so we did. We went and talked to the head of the head of the rehab center. Are you serious? And, oh yeah, that's so, awesome. Two three awesome. of us sat there, and I'm like, she doesn't think I should go to work on Monday. I go, I go. My point here is, look, if you think I need more work, well then I'll stay. I go, so I go, but if I don't, I go, well, then I need to go back to work. I go, I go. Look, I'm an accountant. I'm sitting behind the desk, right? I, I got. I need to go back to work. And her boss looked at it and she goes, you know what? I agree with you. Because you should go back to work on Monday. She goes, the only thing I'm, I'm asking is that you work part-time. And I'm like, absolutely. And I'll tell you, when I got back to work on Monday, to your point, Randy, she didn't really have to ask that because I could only do part-time. <laughs> 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 you know, because by midday. I'm ready I, for a nap. Oh, I was. I, I, I mean, the, you're, you're exhausted right. physically and mentally. Yes. Yeah. And everyone thinks it's a physical thing. It's as much mental as mm-hmm. it's physical. Mm-hmm. You are Trust absolutely me. exhausted. And I will tell people, I think because the brain is working so hard. And it's funny, along that line, it, it, it reminds me of driving. Uh-huh. Well, I'm, I'm back to driving. You know, I won't drive more than like two or three hours because it's, it's too much work. I'll be honest with you. I used to drive from here to New York City, and then it would take me four or five hours. I, would do, I don't do it anymore. I've, since my stroke, I have not driven to New York City, will not drive to New York City. I take the train. I take Amtrak yep. because... It's too much work. Me too. Me too. It's too no. much work. I know. It's it's you. Br- I mean, when you you're get like finished, you're tired, man. Yeah, when I go to the beach with my wife, mm-hmm. 
It's like after two hours, I'm done. You're driving the rest. The fact that you know that, that's important. Absolutely. That awareness. And we yeah. must keep that in mind as we do everything in life. Understand that. Look, when I went through um, the stroke, I remember the, the uh, professional used to tell me that, Mark, in order to have a successful recovery on the back end, it wants to get to a point where we have acceptance and hope. Mm-hmm. And I think there was there was so so key words, and I like what you just said, Randy. Um, accepting me, accepting the fact that look, guys, we had a stroke, we had an attack on the brain. It's okay, and there are deficits that come along with that, and it's okay. We you know just acknowledging them. It's okay to acknowledge those things. Look, we can overcome them, but you gotta acknowledge those things, right? Well, I don't think you can address something that you don't know is a problem. That's right. That's right. Absolutely. Um, don't have hope, then why? Why do it? Absolutely. But if you have hope, it keeps people chugging. I want to give hope to, you know, it's the, the therapists. Oh, our therapist naysayers. Yeah, it's hard to balance out that. I'd agree. And that's right. And, and the therapists, they're in, they're in very difficult positions. Absolutely. Um, and and they, they do wonderful jobs. Um, and I told the story uh, when I ran the 5K, um, those therapists um, that were didn't want me to go back to work and all the. They came down and ran the 5K with me. That's um, awesome. And the, they're, they're in very de- – so, and, and what I'm leaning up to is they – that hope area, sometimes they don't want to tell you things because they don't want to set you up yeah. for disappointment, right? Because if they tell you, hey, you'll be driving again in, in, in six months and you're not, well, then it's disappointment, right? Try to really set expectations probably a little bit lower. Thanks, um. Mark. <laughs> thanks, thanks for the backup on that. I appreciate it. <laughs> 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 yep. And that, that's their job. But I would say our job is to understand that, you know what, it, to look at others and to say that, you know what, they, you can do. You, you, you can accomplish. But I would tell people patience is very, very important. Yeah. It must be patient. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's hard. It's patience, hard. Oh, yeah. patience is difficult. Oh, yeah. it's hard. It's hard. Uh, <laughs> all right. Last question from me. And sort of the purpose of the slow road to better is to build this bridge of hope mm-hmm. to other stroke survivors. Yeah. Given your recovery and your 10 years of perspective, what do you think stroke survivors, One what do thing, they need? I would say you, earlier today you said something which I think is very, very important people understand that that the recovery you know we use the term it's a journey right and i like to say it's a marathon it's not a sprint and now i'll say that because initially i thought it was a sprint right this was this was the accountant right this is a cpa right you know you know you know the thing had to come around quickly right it's not a sprint it really is a marathon take your time be patient the other thing I would tell you, understanding that, as, as for me, as I went through the process, um, I, I told people I really relied on the three S. I really did rely on my faith, my family, and my friends. And the, the, and what I found beneficial from that was I felt I wasn't going in alone. This is A stroke is hard, right? Let's face it. You guys know it's Physical and mental challenge is tough. And it can beat you down. And, and then many times you, you want to quit. And there were times where I wanted to quit, too. I'll be honest with you. I don't want anyone to sit here and say, hey, man, you know, from day one, he had, no, 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 no. There were many times I wanted to quit. But because I was relying on, lean, lean on my friends and lean on my family, lean on my faith, those things kept pushing and driving and helping me get through this process. So I would say don't try to go through this process alone. 
reach out, lean on others is very, very helpful, and to be patient. Agree. Yeah. Yeah. Does anybody have any other questions for Mark? What do you think is the number one hardest thing to do? I would say, well, the hardest thing to do is simply is accepting the fact that you had a TBI, right? Hardest, and that, you know, life is not always going to be the way it was before, right? You know, and that was the hardest thing, was because really, it changes in a flash, right? You know, you know, and in my case, you know, I told you, I was playing basketball down at Falls Church High School Thursday night, so I was, I was in excellent health, right? I didn't have high blood pressure. I didn't have high cholesterol. I wasn't diabetic. I don't smoke, right? I exercise and I eat right, right? But yet, I developed a blood deficiency, and, and none, nonetheless, I still had a stroke. I had a TBI, and when I woke up Saturday morning, everything had changed. Right? You have to, you have to accept that, right? And it, it's a difficult, right? And I'll be honest, trust with you, me, it was difficult for me when my wife came and told me I had two strokes. It was difficult to digest that, right? Because it seemed like, man, you got to be kidding me. I was just playing basketball Thursday. Can't, this doesn't make any sense. And I tell you. That's the most that that initial shock. You have to get over that, and it takes it takes a while. And and I will tell you, I didn't get over it right away. It took a while. And as and those of you who read the book, I recounted a, a episode in the book. Actually, it was pretty early in the process. Now that now that I think about it, because this was Father's Day, and my business partner comes down, and he's staying with me for Father's Day, so Brenda can have a little relief, and because Brenda was sleeping in the hospital room every night. And as he's sitting in the, in the hospital with me, I'm lying in the bed, and we're talking as we always do. And I'm like, uh, I gotta get him to go to the bathroom. So I got, I took my walk and I went to the bathroom. And then I came back, and with my walker, and you guys know when when the walker they teach you that uh, to use the walker they want you to, to back into the bed, mm-hmm. like like a car, until you can feel your backside against the bed and then get in the bed. But I was going through denial, right, because I'm like. This can't be right. I was just playing basketball, right? I, I mean, what this guy? There's no way these guys are they all they're wrong. I, I can walk. This is crazy. So when I got back, I go, I'm gonna just get in bed. I'm not gonna do that back end stuff. So I sat to walk parallel to the bed, and I'm like, I'm just gonna lean and get in the bed. Had no muscle control, and I fell head first into the bed. Right? Nothing. That was he- the lucky part. You landed. Oh yeah, in bed. I let right. it. You're right. The lucky <laughs> part. I, well, my business partner, remember, he's there. He's sitting on there reading the book, and he goes. Oh my gosh! <laughs> He's watching the oh, whole thing. Yeah, he said. He goes, "You okay?" Brenda's gonna kill me. That's what he said. He goes, he goes, "You okay?" <laughs> Brenda's gonna kill me. <laughs> Come down here and look what happens. <laughs> and so, to Chris, to answer, I think the, the most difficult part was simply accepting what has happened in our lives and understanding that um, you know we had a TBI, we had a stroke, but here's the good news: we absolutely can recover. And that's what I want to tell people. And that's why I go around and talk to people 10 years ago, right? But you absolutely can recover. Um, I lead a normal life today, right? Um, with the exception of sitting and coming and talking to your fo- you folks, most people, when they meet me, they have no idea I had a stroke, right? Until I tell them. Somewhere. And I don't, you know, you don't I don't, start, I don't right. start the conversation with, hey, <laughs> hey. I don't do that, right? <laughs> We well, used to sit and talk, and then somewhere, and sometimes it could be 20 minutes into the conversation, they'll be saying something. I go, well, you know, I go, 10 years ago, I said, I had two strokes. And they're like, get out of here. <laughs> and, and I'm like, I go, well, I'm glad to hear you say get out of here because 
I go. I want people to realize that you can have a stroke, you can recover, you can lead a normal lifestyle. But I, but having said that, I'll tell you, ten years ago, I was exactly where you guys were. I'm just telling you right now. <laughs> you ask my wife, she'll tell you. you know, I, I was, I was struggling to use that left hand. I was struggling to remember. So I can remember Randy's name now, right? But you know, uh, ten What's years ago, as as we like to say, there's no shame in my game, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Or you put it in your smartphone and you look at your phone like everybody else. That's Nobody right. has any idea you're right. looking what you're looking up. They think you're That's looking right. at your text messages right. and your emails. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. All right. Well, I just want to thank you so much oh. for um, braving our podcast group. <laughs> we appreciate your time and your flexibility and your wisdom helping us to reach out to other survivors in this uh, bridge of hope that you guys are building. I think the peer support is the idea here, that there is someone out there who doesn't have someone to lean on. And so if they want to lean on us and this podcast and know that we believe in them, they need to keep pushing. They can do it. That's part of what this podcast is for. Yep. So with that, thank you very, very, very much. And uh, Joyce, you want to wrap us up? These roads all do better. There you go. All right. All right. Our lawyers made us say this. Disclaimers. What about disclaimers? Your opinion, the group opinion, is not valid. Well, it is, but it's valid, but I'm having a disclaimer so that we don't get in trouble. Yes. Doctors. Doctors. Who's doctor? Um... They, they. They're doctor. Yes. All right. Yes. So if people hear something on this podcast, you should ask your doctor. Doctor. Amen.